Well, we very warmly welcome you to our service this evening on this Good Friday. It's great to see so many folk gathered, and we welcome you warmly in the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We've come together as the congregations of Great Victoria Street Baptist, the Crescent Church here, and also Stramulus Evangelical Presbyterian. And it's good to be together on this evening. We've come to worship God. We've come to reflect together on the death of our Savior on the cross at Calvary. We are together tonight at the cross. And we're meeting again uh, this evening here in the Crescent, and we are very grateful to the friends here for making this possible, for the very warm welcome that they give to us, and for looking after all of the practical arrangements. Thank you. Uh, A special word of thanks to Jim, to Jim Crooks, who really organizes things behind the scenes and who makes the necessary preparations uh, for tonight. Thank you. And also to Helen, uh, who coordinates the catering, and to Gareth, who organizes the music. We are very thankful and appreciate all that you have done. Now, there is supper this evening afterwards. And in order to obtain supper, uh, you need to go through either this door or the other door over here, this one on the right or this one on the left. And that'll take you into two rooms. And uh, the supper's the same in both rooms. Uh, But you might like to just go through and have a look. And uh, please do remain. Now, you have no excuses tonight for going away. It's good to be together in worship, but it's also good to be together in fellowship. It's a nice evening. Traffic conditions are good. You're probably on holiday. You know, you're struggling to find a reason why you can't stay and enjoy a cup of tea and fellowship. Now, don't feel guilty if you go out that way afterwards. Um, Our service tonight will run largely unannounced. Uh, If you don't regularly come to church, and uh, maybe this is the first occasion you've been in church for some time. We're, we're delighted that you're here. Uh, I will announce the different songs that we'll be singing together. But outside of that, different folk will come forward and read from the Bible and uh, share some reflections from Scripture. And we're grateful to Steve Ault of Great Victoria Street Baptist, who will bring us a meditation from the Word at the conclusion of our service. And so now we still ourselves in the presence of God and we prepare our hearts to worship Him. Here again, that great cry from the cross. As Jesus utters these words in the darkness, Eloi, Eloi lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We praise God in the word, so sacred head, so wounded.
let us unite together in prayer. Let us pray. Our gracious God and our Father in heaven, we come to you this evening in Jesus' name. And as we come to you, O God, we remember who you are, the great God of heaven, the Holy One. We are very aware tonight of your holiness and your purity. We read in your word, in the Bible, that God is light, God is pure, God is without sin, God is set apart from us. And as we reflect and meditate on your being and on your purity, we wonder what right have we to come to you in worship? What right have we to bring to you these songs of praise? Who are we, sinful as we are, to enter into the presence of the Holy One? But we thank you tonight that we can come to you. We thank you that there is a mediator. We praise you tonight for your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that you so loved the world that you gave your only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so we come in Christ. We come tonight speaking only of him. And as we come to you, we pray that you would take from our minds any notion that we are in some way acceptable with you. Help us to see afresh that if it were not for the life and the death of Jesus Christ in our place on our behalf, we could never come to you. And so in him we seek you now. We thank you for this opportunity of being together. We praise you, O Lord, for the cross. And we thank you for the good news of the Christian gospel. And we pray that you would come upon us by your spirit, that we may be able over these next minutes to be still before you, O God, to know something of your presence and blessing. Hear us, we pray. Forgive us and cleanse us, O God, for Jesus' sake. Amen. We read together in God's word from Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 13. Let us hear the word of God. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has not been told, them they see. And that which they have not heard, they understand. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. 
He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked, and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Amen. Well, the prophet Isaiah has just reminded us that he that is Jesus was pierced for our transgressions. And we continue to reflect on this truth and on these words as we sing the song, he was pierced for our transgressions.
Our next reading is from Matthew chapter 27. We'll commence at verse 27 to 54. This is what the word of God says. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and twisted together a crown of thorns. They put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Heal, king of the Jews. And they spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, and they compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to the place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall, but when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, You would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days? Save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But others said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs were also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, watching over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the Son of God. Amen. In this passage, which has just been read to us from Matthew's Gospel, we have been taken back to that first Good Friday, our Savior carrying the cross, nailed to the cross, 
his cries from the cross, the curtain ripped into the earthquake. And our next song, Oh to See the Dawn, brings us again to the cross and to these events which we have just heard in the gospel. Oh to see the dawn of the darkest day.
Let us pray. Father, in this moment of quietness, our hearts and our minds go back to that scene, that dark scene, that scene of one hanging on a cross, one nailed to a cross, one with a crown of thorns. Father, our minds go back to that terrible scene. And yet, our Father, we come this evening into your holy presence with gratitude. We come into your holy presence that as we stand at the foot of the cross, and as we lift our eyes, we see one there dying for me. We see one dying there, dying for all, for all humanity. Father, this is the power of the cross. Father, he was slain for us. And our Father, we come this evening with heartfelt gratitude, with adoration and praise. And our Father, we can see one who was the Son of God, the very creatorial God, the one at whose word man and world came into being, suffering for each and every one. Lord, we come with heads bowed. We come in silence. We come, our Father, with gratitude for the power of the cross. Father, lead our thoughts onward. And as we approach this Easter Sunday, we thank you for the morning. We thank you for the dawn. We thank you for the hope. And so our Father, lead us on as we consider and think about Good Friday and the power of the cross. In the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Why did Jesus go to the cross? We could answer that question in different ways, couldn't we? But we can certainly say that he went to the cross because he loved us. Wasn't it the Apostle Paul who said he loved me and gave himself for me? And now in our next hymn, we remind ourselves of the love of Jesus for us. My song is love unknown, my Savior's love to me.
our next reading is 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 to 9. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urged Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Connor for reading that for us. It's a real privilege to be with you this evening, and uh, thank you so much for inviting us uh, at Great Victoria Street Baptist Church to share in this service with you. And I'm delighted to have this opportunity to reflect together for a few moments on the preciousness of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I have a friend down in Portadown named Gilly Carson, and he leads a big CE group that meets on a Saturday night in Portadown. And I remember when I was uh, younger than I am now going along to that group. And at the end of each Saturday evening, it practically felt like every week, Gilly closed the meeting by saying these words, guys, we're in this together. This evening has been aptly named Together at the Cross and that's a good little caption to have as a banner verse over what we're doing this evening, because the cross of Christ really is what brings us all together this evening. And in light of this reality, I've selected just one verse from the passage that Connor just read from 2 Corinthians 8, and I want this verse to be the focus of this short Good Friday meditation. It's a verse that we can all gather around to remember the amazing grace of our Lord Jesus who loved us and gave himself for us. In 2 Corinthians 8, Paul is encouraging the believers at Corinth to support the work of the Lord generously. And he anchors this exhortation to be generous in the generous grace of Jesus Christ. And so the verse I want us to focus on is that verse 9 of 2 Corinthians 8, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. That's amazing. This is one of those single verses that is just so rich and full of gospel truth. Here is the unpacking of grace. If someone was to say, I hear you Christians talk a lot about grace. What do you mean when you speak of grace? Well, here is Paul's summary answer. But more importantly, here is God's summary answer. Because this is God's Word. As God in His Word unpacks the glory of His grace in this single verse. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, what does, what is meant by Jesus being rich? Let's just think of three levels of those riches that are in Christ. First, Jesus is rich because of his eternal position of equality with the Father. John chapter 1 verse 1, John opens his gospel majestically saying, in the beginning was the Word. This expression he uses to speak of the eternal Son of God, Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, so distinct from God, and the Word was God, divine. He was in the beginning with God. Jesus was rich in that He is divine. He is equal with God. He is rich in His eternal enjoyment, secondly, of glory with the Father. As as Jesus prepared to go to His death, He prayed in John 17, 5, and now, Father, glorify Me in Your own presence with the glory I had with You before the world existed. That's some verse, isn't it? Here we have the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, speaking of the glory He enjoyed with His Father before the Father, the Son, and the Spirit ever said, let there be light. Jesus was rich in that He was equal with God. He was rich in that He shared eternal glory with the Father. And third, He was rich in His eternal enjoyment of the love of the Father. In John 17, 24, Jesus prayed, Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Jesus was rich in that he was equal with the Father. Jesus was rich in that he shared eternal glory with the Father. Jesus was rich in that he shared eternal love and enjoyed that love in the mystery of our triune God. 
These are the riches of the glory of Christ. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. What does what is meant by poor? Think of every single aspect of the life of Jesus Christ. Think of the incarnation. The glorious Word became flesh and entered our world as a baby. The glorious God who flung the stars into space, the eternal Word became flesh. He was poor by being born in a lowly stable, poor growing up in Nazareth as a carpenter, poor in being a man of sorrows and one acquainted with grief, poor in being the son of man who had nowhere to lay his head, poor in not having even the money to pay taxes to Caesar, poor as he washed his disciples' feet, poor in Gethsemane as he suffered the anguish of what was before him, poor on the cross as he bore the wrath of his Father in darkness, poor when he became a substitute who died a shameful death in our place, even poor in the grave, not having a grave of his own. Paul put it well in Philippians 2, 6, when he spoke of Jesus and said, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of man. He didn't empty himself of anything of his divinity. No, he emptied himself by taking on flesh, by serving his own, even unto death on a cross. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. We, by his poverty, by his incarnation, by his life, death, and resurrection, we are made rich. That's why we call Good Friday Good Friday. How are we rich? Well, if we receive Christ by faith and are in him, we are made rich in Christ, rich in our experience of grace and the forgiveness, the total 100% forgiveness cleansing from God. More than that, we are rich in that we are not just forgiven our sin, we are credited positively with the righteousness of Christ. The righteousness of God becomes our 
righteousness. We are rich in that we are adopted as sons and daughters, children of the living God. We are rich in that we have an incredible inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. We are rich in our enjoyment of peace with Almighty, holy God, rich with precious promises, rich in eternal life, rich with a sure and certain hope of resurrection and the new heavens and the new earth, rich in that we get God himself as our treasure and our true and lasting joy. Here is what makes us truly rich in Christ. We get God. We can come to God as our Father and know fullness of joy in His presence. We can live our whole lives in a bottomless ocean of grace, enjoying the love with which the Father loved Jesus. We receive that same love. We are brought into the very enjoyment of the glory of God that Christ enjoyed with the Father before the world began. Jesus prayed, I want them to, to see my glory. I want them to be with me where I am. And so we enjoy the love and the glory of our Trinitarian God, and we are rich. He left his place of glory to come into our brokenness so that He could assure us of a place where all brokenness will be no more. Not one of us would have a hope of glory if it were not for Jesus going through death for us. If we're in Christ this evening, it's not important whether we're from the Crescent or Strani P or Great Vic. We come together as individual humans who were lost. Because of our sin and our rebellion against a holy God. And yet we are remembering together that though once we were lost, once we were far off, we have now in Christ been brought near. And so we are in Christ together. In Jesus at the cross is where we who are in Christ have found riches beyond anything we could ever dream of. And so we come together as one. And we thank our God for everything Good Friday means to us. This precious truth, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor. For your sake, He became poor so that you, through that poverty of Calvary, you might be made rich. If you have Christ today, even if you haven't a penny in your pocket, you're rich beyond your wildest dreams.
And so together we come to the cross and remember where through his poverty we become rich. And we haven't yet turned our eye to Sunday morning. Or in the dawn of that first day, Jesus trampled the head of the serpent and trampled death in the grace and stood forth at the dawn of a new day, the head of a new creation people, our King and our Savior. And he leads us forth, born again, rich, with the hope of the riches of his glory which we will enjoy together forever. Let's pray. Father, we started off thinking of those words of my friend Gilly. We are in this together. Thank you, Lord, for like-minded churches joining together to rejoice in the place where we were made rich. And Lord, if there would be anyone here this evening and they themselves are hearing this and saying, I don't know those riches for myself, may you even now open their eyes to see that they can receive Christ and enjoy the riches of forgiveness, grace, and glory with you. And as we prepare to sing again and enjoy supper and then go from here to prepare ourselves for Sunday, thank you for the unity we enjoy this evening together in Christ. And may you bless this message to each of our hearts and awaken us from our lethargy and from our presuming upon grace that we might discover again this Easter the sheer wonder of the one who loved us and gave himself for us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to respond now by standing together to sing this wonderful hymn, My Worth is not in what I own. Let's stand and praise God together.
pray. Oh, gracious God, our Father, we thank you for this opportunity of being together. We pray now that you would bless us as we continue in fellowship. Thank you for the food provided and those who have prepared it. Help us to encourage one another in our conversation. And may the grace of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, be with us all. Amen.